All right, everybody, welcome back to the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave. The Philadelphia Phillies went to San Diego and took three of four versus the San Diego Padres at Petco Park. And so we actually had a poll out on Twitter saying, how do the Phillies fare in this upcoming series versus the San Diego Padres? And 13% of you said they got swept. 53% said they win a game or two. 27% said they take three of four. And 7% said a series sweep. So only 27% said that they were going to take three or four. And Dave, I believe last week, um, was it last week? Well, a few days ago, we said that they would take around two games in the series. That was our prediction. And they surprised us and they went out there and they took three of four, Dave. So um, just overall, what do you think of this series before we get into the recaps? Yeah, I was a little wrong. Uh, I did say they would split uh, the two teams, uh, but this was a great series uh, against the Padres for the Phillies, uh, especially, you know, what we went through talking about the Texas Rangers series and how awful that series was, especially from an offensive standpoint. And for them to rebound against a good team in the San Diego Padres. And I know that the Padres don't have Machado, you know, they don't have Tatis right now, but they are still a good team. They have a top tier pitching staff. Their bullpen is electric and they have guys still in their lineup who can hit. So, uh, the Phillies went to San Diego, always a tough ballpark to play, and the Phillies have struggled there uh, somewhat throughout the past couple seasons. So it was nice to see them rebound uh, against the Padres at Petco Park and get a series win. And not only a series win, but the Phillies win the season series against the Padres four games to three. So that's also really good to see. So they're done playing the Padres. Uh, but I would like to see these two teams match up in the playoffs because all of these games have been super competitive uh, and it's been really, really close. Right. Now, it, um, I would agree with that. The The only thing that scares me a little bit is, you know, a, a healthy Machado in the lineup and Fernando Tatis coming back because those are two big bats that San Diego is missing right now. And that's not to say that San Diego is not a good team because, of course, they are. Of course, they have one of the deepest uh, pitching rotations in all baseball. Their pitching staff is usually really good. And um, so, yeah, the Phillies ended up going in, taking three of four, and it was just an overall good series, Dave. Like you said, the guys were solid with the bats coming in clutch. And I know in games two and three, it really seemed like the bats were um, – pretty much dead but in the second half of game three uh things ended up picking up and we'll get into that with the recap but um furthermore getting into game one it was a matchup of ranger suarez the lefty going for the phillies against joe musgrove who's been really really good for the san diego padres and uh really it was a pitching duel all the way up until the top of the fifth inning when oduble ended his 0 for 22 skid with an opposite field single against Joe Musgrove, bringing in Didi and tying up the game one-to-one. And then fast forward to the top of the sixth, after an extra base hit by Bryson Stott, Schwarber ended up hitting a two-run jack, making it a 3-1 Phillies ball game. And as we said, Schwarber has been really good at doing that with runners on base, which is great to see. Of course, Schwarber with the two-run shots, you love to see it. And so, Harper and Castellanos ended up getting on with singles, and J.T. Realmuto hit a three-run opposite field home run, and that would be the final 6-2 to two 
the Phillies would win the game, Dave. Um, anything on game one? I know Ranger Suarez was really solid for the Phillies pitching seven innings, and uh, it was just nice to see JT with a little bit of life in his bat. What do you think about the game? Ranger Suarez was simply fantastic. It was 2021 Ranger Suarez uh, totally. It was amazing. Uh, really, the Padres shouldn't have even gotten a second run. Uh, because of the fact that uh, there was this the, the big play of the game, which I thought was really stupid. And by by the way, this this at this point the game was pretty much over. It was like six to one in the eighth. Uh, but with Suarez pitching, there was this, and I'm for some reason I'm forgetting who hit the double. It may have been Kim on the Padres, but I'm I'm confused for some reason. Uh, but it was a ball down the left field line, uh, and it dropped in for a base hit, according to the third base umpire. The ball was completely foul. Uh, wasn't, I mean, it, it was close, but it was clearly foul, uh, and it did not hit any of the, the chalk. So that, you know, Ranger Suarez was pretty mad about that, and the Phillies bench was mad about that, and so was I, because I think that it really, I mean, not that two runs is bad, but Ranger Suarez was simply fantastic. So it was great, really, to see him uh, pick in this one and get his sixth win on the season and lower his ERA uh, to 4.23. And it was also the first time, Dave, that Joe Musgrove allowed more than two runs in a start. So that was great to see. He allowed all six runs uh, today, or not today, but uh, in Thursday's game against the Phillies. And uh, it was capped by the three-run home run by JT Ramuto, sat on the slider. And that's the thing with Joe Musgrove, is his slider, his stuff has gotten significantly better since coming over from the Pirates organization. Uh, and JT made him pay hanging that slider one too many times as he takes it to right field. Uh, and the bullpen did its job to close it out behind Ranger Suarez, Sir Anthony did Sir Anthony Dominguez went two-thirds of an inning, and Brad Hand also went an inning scoreless to close things out for the Phillies, although it was technically not a save situation. But the Phillies needed this win in Game 1. The Phillies played like they needed this win in Game 1, and it was good to see them battle against a good team in the Padres, and they win the first game 6-2. to two. That's right, and Joe Musgrove with the loss after allowing those six runs. And that was his first loss on the season, Dave. He is now 8-1, and one, still with a 2.12 ERA, so definitely still quite immaculate even after that rough outing. But furthermore, getting into Game 2, Aaron Nola would go up against Mackenzie Gore, which ended up being a very, very good pitching matchup. And both teams could not score early, and Mom and Dad there to see the Nola boys square off against each other. So that's always good to get some family support out there for the boys. But going top three, Gore was able to escape a bases loaded jam with Harper flying out to left field. And this was um, an opportunity for the Phillies to get on the board and they just weren't able to come through, which also happened in the ninth. But um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Bottom four, Aaron struck out his older brother, Austin, on what was a nasty two-seamer on the outside part of the plate. But Austin would come back and get his revenge as he shot the ball down the right field line, uh, driving in Hosmer, making it a 1-0 ball game for the Padres in the bottom of the sixth. And then comes the top of the ninth inning with the bases loaded. Kyle Schwarber flied out to end the game. And that was pretty much it. It was a pretty quiet ball game, but great pitching on both sides. Uh, and the Padres would win it by a final of one to nothing. Uh, so, Dave, what did you take from this ball game? Aaron Nola, yet another strong start. Um, what What is your opinion? 
like Ranger Suarez in Game 1, uh, Aaron Ola was fantastic, and perhaps even a little bit better than Ranger Suarez was in Game 1. Uh, Nola had all his pitches working, and especially you could tell that early. Aaron Ola was on really early in this one. The fastball had good life. I believe he hit 95. Um, at a point or two in this ball game, so it was good to see him at, at that type of a level. Uh, this game really just fell on the offense, uh, to be honest uh, with you, Dave. Uh, they were flat. Uh, the the approach to Mackenzie Gore was absolutely horrible. Uh, the way to hit Mackenzie Gore and the way the teams have hit him recently was sitting on the fastball. And yes, the fastball is really good, has late life to it, but the Phillies allowed him to use his off-speed pitches, uh, and that was pretty much it for this Phillies offense. Their best at-bats in the whole entire game came in the ninth inning uh, against Taylor Rogers, who now has 20, what is it, 22 saves uh, on the season, does Taylor Rogers? As you said, Dave, they loaded the bases uh, with two outs for Kyle Schwarber, and he just got under it. I believe it took Rogers though, about 30 pitches to get out of that ninth inning, so I thought the approach was much better in the ninth to give the Phillies the chance, uh, and yet yeah, I mean, Schwarber was disappointing, uh, but he's been so good this entire month and, and a big reason of where the Phillies are, where they're where they are right now. And we'll talk about him, especially in game four. Uh, yesterday's game, we're recording this on Monday. So, uh, yeah, it was a disappointing game for sure. The Phillies approach offensively was lackluster and they only had five hits in this ball game. Uh, and as you said, Dave, the big hit uh, for the Padres coming courtesy of Austin Nola, Aaron's older brother. Uh, and Nola kind of killed the Phillies in this series uh, somewhat. The Phillies were able to run on him defensively because, you know, he doesn't have the best arm. He's not exactly the best defensive catcher behind the plate. Uh, but I thought his offense uh, proved to, to help the Padres. Him and Eric Hosmer uh, really got to the Phillies, I think, in this series in terms of their two big hitters. And of course, when you're missing Machado and Tatis, you need other guys to step up. We both thought it would be Cronenworth in the beginning of the series, but it turned out to be a little bit of Austin Nola and Eric Cosmer action. So yeah, Game 2 was a tough loss, uh, but hey, uh, Game 3 and Game 4 was much, much better from a scoring standpoint. Maybe not from a injury-related standpoint, but from a, uh, a definite uh, scoring standpoint, Games 3 and 4 were better. Right, Dave, quite the foreshadowing. But um, just before we get into the uh, later games in the series, I just wanted to point out something real quick. Uh, Alvarado coming in after Nola's seven strong innings, he pitched very, very well, uh, only pitching 15 pitches and 10 of those 15 were strikes. Uh, he struck out the side and just really good for Jose Alvarado, uh, a guy who really, Dave, we had lost confidence in for the most part. And he's coming out and he's pitching better ball games in the series. And we're going to talk about that more um, as the series continues and as we recap it. Um, but aside from that, Chris, Matt, for the... Can I just say something about Alvarado really quick? Oh, sure, Is that okay? sure. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know we'll talk about it in game four because he pitched again then, but I thought that Alvarado, him adding the cutter has been a significant improvement. And and to be honest, I shouldn't say adding because I think he always threw a cutter. But the difference is, is that now he's throwing the cutter for strikes, right? And I feel like he's trying to induce soft contact. Before, he was throwing the cutter outside of the zone, I think on purpose somewhat, 
to try to get the hitter to, to swing like if it was an 0-2 count. So I like the fact that he's throwing the cutter more because he seems to have better whatever that grip is. And apparently, according to the, the Phillies TV broadcast, uh, this was a, a grip that Alvarado kind of created himself. Not a, not created, I should say, but kind of formed himself. He put his own um, style, I should say, onto the cutter. Uh, and, and he's liked it. You know, he's, he's throwing it for strikes. He's more effective. I don't think he's even walked a batter the last couple appearances, which is crazy um, to think about. So he's using the cutter more. He's using the sinker less, which is tons of late movement. And although the sinker has a good is a good pitch, he can't locate it very well. So uh, I like the fact that he's added a cutter, and it's huge for this team uh, because when you think about it, and we talked about is, uh, and so many people know, is the potential is there for Jose Alvarado, and it's just putting it together and somehow finding command of the strike zone. And if you could do what he did in 2019 with the Rays in 2018, where he was a pretty decent relief pitcher and, you know, kind of add his style with the cutter, the Phillies will be in luck because they need left-handed pitchers in that bullpen to go along with Brad Hand. Uh, and Alvarado has seemed to figure something out uh, over the past week, two weeks. Uh, maybe that trip down the AAA really did help him kind of reestablish himself uh, as a big league bullpen piece because he's been really good. Right, Dave. And we could really use him down the line because of this bullpen. And like you said, Dave, as another lefty in that bullpen. Um, but just looking at the uh, winning and losing side, Nabel Chris Matt with the win. Puts him at 4-0 on the season with a 1.27 ERA. And Nola, unfortunately receiving the loss, he's now 4-5 on the season. But don't let that fool you. Uh, he has a 2.98 ERA as well. And then Taylor Rogers for the save. Like you said, Dave, 22nd on the season. And that leaves him at a 2.70 ERA. And the Phillies would be 37-35 and 35 after this game. The Padres at 45 and 28 second in the NL West. Dave, uh, any further comments before we move on to game three? Well, the run support once again for Aaron Ola was, was not good. Uh, and the Phillies need to figure it out because he's been really good this entire season. I know there were a couple starts, you know, a month or two ago that were a little rocky, one against the Giants that wasn't all that good. Uh, but, you know, similar to kind of Zach Wheeler, really. I mean, and when you, when you think about it, I don't want to make this too long, but, the Phillies just need to get into the dance, right? And the dance playoffs I'm talking about. Because even if they make it as a wild card team, or just, you know, the most likely thing where if they were to make the playoffs would be as a wild card team, um, is uh, just the fact that you have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola at the top of their games right now pitching for you in the first two games. And combine that with Ranger Suarez, who if you needed him to be in the bullpen for one of those two games, he probably could. Because you could probably get away with starting a Kyle Gibson or a Zach Eflin uh, in that third game if, if you did need to. Maybe that wouldn't be the best decision. But, I mean, the Phillies with Wheeler and Nola at the top of this rotation and on the dominance of their game right now is huge for this team. Because that goes to show you that all the Phillies need to do is get into the playoffs uh, because they can for sure make some noise. You know, And we talk about how much this team is a ball-go-boom team. Uh, but the starting pitching this year, especially with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Ola. Nola, who has taken tremendous strides uh, from where he's been the past two seasons, uh, has been amazing to see. Uh, and who knows, maybe that extra time during the lockout this year helped Aaron Nola, 
you know, kind of try to get back on track. He had more time in the offseason to work on his body, work on, you know, crafting his pitches even more. I know he's, you know, obviously well experienced as a veteran pitcher, but I think that, uh, you know, the time could have helped Nola. And for sure, at the top of this rotation, Wheeler and Nola are a force to be reckoned with. Uh, so the Phillies just need to kind of stay afloat. Uh, but Nola was fantastic. Got to get him some run support, though. Right. And when you're going good, Dave, you're going good. And that's just what Aaron Nola is doing right now. And we're just hoping that Zach Eflin can also carry that sort of energy into his next start, too. And, and just like we mentioned, bullpen's been good, too. Uh, the bats got to pick it up with um, a little bit of foreshadowing with an injury that happened with the Phillies, which we'll get into in game three. And so uh, I guess that leads us into game three and the recap for game three, uh, where Zach Eflin versus Blake Snell in um, in quite the roller coaster of a game, should I say. And so we'll get to the bottom of the third inning where Reese actually made a heck of a diving play. I wanted to bring this up. And it was a sharply hit grounder by Jerickson Profar. And Reese made the throw to Eflin for the second out of the inning. Uh, it shows a little bit of athleticism. And I know a lot of people, you know, Dave, I, and I know you brought this up too. Um, Reese does have some defensive shortcomings, but um, Reese can also flash the leather at times too, which is great to see, obviously. Um, but nevertheless, uh, going into the top of the fourth, uh, Blake Snell unleashed a 97 mile per hour fastball and hit Bryce in the left thumb. And he would end up leaving the ball game only to have devastating news of a broken thumb given to him after some tests. And there's no current timetable for Harper's return, although the knowledge of most cases suggests four to six weeks, but it could potentially be longer. And so, uh, Dave, what do you make of this injury? It doesn't seem to look good for the Phillies offense. And um, hopefully Bryce comes back soon. But uh, what's your opinion uh, obviously, it seems like Blake Snell really didn't mean it. And, you know, I, I was hearing some stuff about, um, you know, how there's no hard feelings and they ironed everything out, just like the incidents um, between uh, Bryce Harper and Genesis Cabrera, how that was ironed out. Um, it doesn't seem like there were any hard feelings, Dave. And what do you make of this injury overall? Well, when you lose Bryce Harper, I mean, uh, that's obviously a devastating blow for any team. But you know, he's, he's an MVP candidate again this, again this year. You know, he was the NL reigning NL MVP from last season. Uh, and, you know, we know how important Bryce Harper is to this team. The league knows how important Bryce Harper is to this team. You know, he was the leading vote getter in DH uh, for the National League All-Star Game by far, uh, with, I believe, the third most votes of any NL player overall. Uh, so it goes to show you, you know, how good of a season he's having. And, you know, definitely it was not on purpose. You know, pitchers have to try to throw Bryce Harper inside to jam him because anything left over the plate is going to be hit 500 feet. So, uh, you know, and Harper knew that, you know, some people were getting mad because as soon as it happened, Bryce Harper kind of let out some frustration. But, you know, you have to understand that, and Bryce Harper talked about this after the game, and, and this is why we love Bryce Harper, and this is why, you know, we've adopted him into this Philadelphian lifestyle, if you will, is, you know, he he was more angry for the fact that, you know, the fans, and he said this in a quote, uh, you know, the fans and, and you know, the city, he feels kind of are let down after this because, you know, this, the way the Phillies were really starting to get going under Rob Thompson. Uh, and he also made a quote where he said that, you know, he can get hit with 97 in the face, which, you know, happened last year with Genesis Cabrera. 
uh, and be fine, you know, come back relatively somewhat soon. But, you know, getting hit with 97 in the thumb, uh, you know, is going to put him out for, for a good amount of time. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Harper, you could just tell that, that you know, he's upset with this. He's upset because he feels, you know, he let the city down. But there's nothing he could really do about it. I mean, 97 coming onto your thumb is is not exactly an easy thing to take, obviously. Um and, you know, uh, Harper did say that he texted, you know, Blake Snell and, and you know, uh, you know, said that, you know, there's no hard feelings. He, you know, he accepted the apology, uh, which was a very classy move uh, from Bryce Harper as always. You know, some people uh, got upset by that. Some Padres fans uh, were ha- unhappy with the way Harper reacted. Um, but, uh, I mean, I thought it was just I don't think the frustration was aimed at Blake Snell. I just think the frustration was aimed at the injury, you know, period. Um but most definitely, it's a heartbreaking injury. But the Phillies have to find a way. Uh, and, you know, the Braves found a way without Acuna. The Padres have found a way this season without Tatis. Uh, and the Phillies have to find a way without Bryce Harper. And, you know, Dave Dombrowski signed pieces this offseason, not to, you know, be completely without Bryce Harper. Of course, no one could have, you know, foreseen this. But, you know, signed pieces to keep the Phillies afloat. You're going to get Gene Segura back in early September, most likely. And as you said, Dave, the t- uh, you know, the, the timetable on uh, Harper could be four to six weeks. Uh, but, you know, that's, of course, without surgery. Uh, with surgery, it could be potentially season ending. But, you know, we won't know more until probably this week or so. We'll find out some more information. Harper did have a splint on it yesterday uh, in San Diego. So I believe they said the team said he's going to come back to Philadelphia and get an evaluation. So, you know, right now, four to six weeks, it could be more. But let's all hope and, and you know, wish for the best uh, with Harper. Of course, but definitely a devastating injury. But the Phillies, they had to pick it up in game three. They had to pick it pick it up in game four. And they did. They did the job. And hey, if if their mentality is to play for Bryce Harper and they get more motivation out of that, then so be it, because uh, the team really needs to get going. And this is a huge week coming up with the Braves and Cardinals coming to town. That's right. Hashtag do it for Bryce, baby. But uh, resuming the recap. Uh, top five, JT ended up coming through with a solo shot off of Blake Snell. And I believe that was his second home run of the series. And that was off of a slider he went down to get. And that gave the Phils their first run of the game. And it was a one nothing game for the Phils. And later in the inning, Jairo Munoz brought in a runner from third uh, on a ground out, making it 2-0 Phils. And then Schwarber hit a single through the shift, bringing in another run. So the bats got going for the Phils. And then bottom five, former Philly Jorge Alfaro ended up doubling the center field, making the game three to two. Phils still on top. And personally, I think that should have been ruled an error by center fielder Matt Veerling because he completely missed the ball, Dave. Uh, I'm not sure what your opinion is on that. Uh, What is your take? That was an error, most definitely. And I think Matt Veerling would tell you that too. Yeah, that was that was a tough play for Veerling. He was going back. I, I don't think he knew where the wall was, to be honest. Uh, and I think when he started to see the warning track, because San Diego, like the walls, the outfield walls, kind of curve at weird points. Like in left field, the bullpens, it jolts out. And then in right field, in the corner, before even the foul pole, it's like this weird triangle, like where the wall extends and the wall only extends for a certain period. I know that Veerling is not playing right field, but my point is, uh, is that the walls are a little difficult. Not saying that's an excuse for Veerling. He should have caught the ball 100%, uh, but I just don't think he knew where the, where the wall was, to be honest with you. Right. But that's an error, most definitely. 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, error overall, but uh, moreover, I think as he gets to know, you know, more of the ballparks, especially, you know, hopefully getting more experience and really solidifying his himself in there uh, as a center fielder, I think he'll be fine. But anyway, going on to the top of the sixth, uh, Alec Bohm brought in JT on a sharply hit ground ball past the outstretched glove of CJ Abrams for a double making the game 4-2 fills, and that would be the final score. And so, Dave, I guess the um, the overarching question after this game is, what do the Phillies do without Harper? You know, and uh, does this change their approach at the trade deadline? And um, how so? But if you want, give your opinion overall on the game, and uh, then we'll get into that, if you will. I honestly don't have too much to say about this game, to be honest with you. The, the very f- the first half of the game was pretty boring. Boring. What am I saying? Uh, boring. <laughs> um, and then the Phillies got going, of course, scoring three runs in the fifth. Zach Eflin came out of this game, and I thought he pitched pretty well. The ball by Veerling should have been caught. Well, would have most likely, well, would have gotten them out of the inning. Uh, but Zach Eflin did come out of that game and did say that he had some soreness. He was limited to 80 pitches, so we'll see kind of where that goes with Eflin, but I thought his pitches were much better than they were last time out against the Nationals. Uh, One other thing that I will say, Dave, that I forgot to mention was uh, Connor Brogdon before this game went on the COVID injured list, uh, and Mark Capel from AAA, the former first first overall pick, I should say, was called up to the big leagues for the first time in the bullpen. He was really excited. He's a great story, too. I mean, I know that we don't have too much time to talk about it specifically here, and we have talked about it on, on you know, recent podcasts, but uh, there are plenty of articles about Mark Appel and the stories and the struggles that he went through uh, on a mental and a physical level with with injuries uh, is, you know, the fact that he has, you know, not rediscovered his love for baseball, but got back into the sport, I should say, uh, is tremendous. And it's a tremendous comeback story. And I'm so happy for him that he's in the major leagues. And I hope he stays up for the Phillies, you know, for a decent amount of time. I know that Brogdon will get a spot back, I'm sure, when he comes back, whenever that is from from COVID. Uh, but most definitely, you know, it's good to see Appel back up with the team, although it does come, of course, at unfortunate circumstances. He did not get into this game, though. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, though, did get the save in the ninth. He was dominant, as always. Phillies won game three. It was somewhat of a boring game, but uh, the Phillies uh, secured a winning road trip uh, by winning game three, and and so that was great to see, and it set them up for a fantastic game four, which we'll talk about in a moment, but that was like, uh, this game four was truly one of my favorite Phillies games of the season. Right, and I was actually fortunate that I was able to uh, watch most of game four, too, so I was definitely hyped. Uh, getting to watch Andrew Bellotti in the ninth. But anyway, um, game three, uh, Eflin got the win. He's now three and five with a 4.37 ERA while Snell took the loss. And he doesn't have a win on the season. He's 0 and 5 with a 5.60 ERA. But Sir Anthony Dominguez came in, got his second save of the season, and he's sitting at a nice low 1.63 ERA. The Phillies at 38 and 35 after the game on the season, third in the NL East, obviously, with room to um, ground to cover. And the Padres at 45 and 29, still second in the NL West in, um, in limbo with the Dodgers. But moving on to game... Oh, wait, Dave, I almost forgot to bring up uh, the whole Harper situation. What do you think the Phillies will do without him? Does this change their approach at the trade deadline? What, what, what are your thoughts? 
They're buyers, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you go over the luxury tax, I don't think you can sell. I mean, if that's the question you were asking. But if you're if you're asking kind of, um, you know, what do I think they do at the deadline? Uh, you know, how does that change their needs at the trade deadline? Uh, you know, obviously, bullpen help is at the top still. Uh, but I definitely think the Phillies need an outfielder, right? I mean, you can't you can't have Castellanos or Schwarber DHing and have you know Matt Vierling and Mickey Moniak or Dubal Herrera out there because you know I love Matt Vierling. I think he's played much better recently. He's had some clutch hits for the Phillies. Herrera has a hot streak once every six months uh, that you know gets you hype. Uh, and you know Mickey Moniak, he can hit a fastball like nobody else. Um, but you know, it's, it, they're not exactly, uh, amazing players. You know what I mean? At this point in their career. So, you know, the Phillies need guys who have, you know, a higher ceiling. And I think that Matt Vierling is going to become a really good piece at some point in time. And maybe Mickey Moniak does too, but, uh, you need a guy with an experience, with some experience. Uh, so, you know, Andrew Benatendi has been a name that he's, that has been thrown out there. I know that Dombrowski has, you know, uh, past, um, experience with Benatendi. Uh, so maybe that's an option, uh, when they were in the Red Sox organization together. Uh, and maybe, you know, Ian Happ is another name. Now, Benatendi and I think Ian Happ are going to cost a, a good amount. Uh, but, you know, the Phillies uh, have been rumored to try to get David Robertson back in the Phillies uniform. So maybe they try to get a twofer uh, out of the Cubs. Uh, there's been other cheaper names like Chad Pinder that has been brought up a couple times. I love Chad. Uh, that, that may be easier for the Phillies to get. Uh, but I, I do think they need to make a move for an outfielder. And I don't think it's going to wait another six weeks into the trade deadline. I think that over the next month or so, I think the Phillies may make an early trade just to get somebody because I, I think that with the roster they have right now and with Castellanos in the DH spot, which is where I think he should be for most of the games, uh, I think that the Phillies are definitely going to need um, an outfielder of some sort. So does that change their needs, of course, with Harper somewhat? But I think they also first have to find out the extent of Harper's injury. You know, is it a four-month thing – or four-month, what am I saying? Is it a four-week thing? Uh, to where maybe you could get away with having Mickey Moniak start or a Dubal Herrera and Matt Fearling kind of both of them starting uh, with Castellanos DHing, or is this a more serious thing with Harper where he's out for you know the rest of the season or into the playoffs uh, and they may need somebody who can carry more of the weight? So I think they're going to wait to find out uh, you know how bad is Harper's injury and then decide you know is it worth giving up a good prospect package or you know to get a player in return or kind of see what they do but. The Phillies are 100% buyers. They're a game and a half out of the wild card right now with a big week coming up. The starting rotation has done its job. The bullpen has been suitable recently. Um, and, you know, the lineup, there's still big names in there. Schwarber's been going. You know, Reese has kind of fallen off a little bit, but we'll see if he can get back on track coming home. Ramuto, Castellanos have done better recently. So, you know, uh, th this team is for sure still in it. And, you know, to think of where they were a month ago, um, this is a significant progress. I mean, now you're four games over 500. The Phillies are trying to, you know, keep on getting that number up. They're getting closer in the NL East and closer in the wild card and, and just got to keep on battling. But anyway, Dave, yeah, I would agree with a lot of what you said. I think it does depend on Harper and uh, his timetable. Hopefully the Phillies get a feel of that within the next few days as uh, tests continue and we find out more on the extent of Harper's injury and um, hopefully the timetable. But uh, just like you brought up, Dave, I'm a big fan of Chad Pinder. 
Uh, I think Chad would be an excellent addition. I think he's got pop in the bat. Doesn't hit for the highest batting average in the world, but he's got a really good glove out there. He's very dependable and he's durable. So I think he'd be a great pickup for the Phillies. And I know people would think, you know, like more along the lines of a center fielder, but I think a corner outfielder would be fine if you're going to go putting, you know, either Castellanos or Schwarber in the DH some days and switch them out. So I think it could work. But um, I know the other thought would be Ramon Laureano, but he's a guy who just doesn't have the bat going right now. When he's going, he has good power. Uh, He's got a great glove. He's got a great arm. But I I just don't know if the attitude quite fits. So that's kind of where I stand on Ramon. I think think you could get him for a decent price. But um, I I guess we'll see what happens, Dave. Just like you said, the extent of Harper's injury and uh, what happens, you know, moreover will really determine... Uh, what the Phillies decide to do with the trade deadline. But nevertheless, I think it does depend on um, also the bullpen and their performance too as to what trade package uh, the Phillies might put together or acquire. But nevertheless, getting into the final game of the series, Kyle Gibson goes against you, Darvish. Kyle, um, doing well in his past couple starts and you, Darvish, um, sitting on the season at a little over three ERA. So, both pitchers having a decent season, and we'll see what comes out of the matchup of Game 4 as we go through it. Um, but Kyle Gibson just seemed a little off, did not have his command in the outing, having walked three three batters in two and two-thirds innings pitched, and that would pretty much be the extent of Gibby's day, sadly. But uh, going into the top of the second, Bryson Stott hit a grounder up the middle for an RBI single, and that brought in Oduble from second, tying up the game at one apiece. And Stott, being aggressive on the bases, went to go steal second, uh, barely succeeded on a terrible jump, but uh, nevertheless made it. And Schwarber uh, brought him around. He had an RBI double, uh, making it a 2-1 to Phillies ball game. And, um, well, things fell apart for Gibby. Uh, Bottom of the third with runners on first and third. Gibson surrendered an RBI double to Philly killer Austin Nola. He's earning that label quite well. And uh, that would make it 3-2 Padres. And then C.J. Abrams also did some damage in the inning with the bases loaded, hitting a ground rule double. And the Padres would go up by three um, with the score being 5-2. But fast forward to the top of the fifth inning, Reese hit a double and Castellanos drove him in on an opposite field single. Castellanos' bat uh, getting a little hotter as of late. And then top of the seventh, Schwarber strikes you Darvish with a huge blow on a three-run jack with runners on first and second, giving the Phils the lead 6-5. to five. Dave, this must have been the most clutch part of the game. Absolutely loved it when I was watching it. And that gave me some high hopes. But anyway, top of the eighth. The Phillies were not done yet. Garrett Stubbs singled on a line drive, bringing in Alec Bohm, adding some insurance. And then top nine, Beerling would add on, stealing home on a wild pitch by Ray Kerr. And now just real quick before we focus all Phillies, I just wanted to touch on Ray Kerr. He seems like he has good stuff. It's just a matter of controlling it. Um, You know, it... He's a younger guy, I believe, and just looks like he has a good fastball-slider combo for the uh, Padres. We'll see what happens um, with with, um, Ray Kerr in the future because he does seem like an interesting pitcher to me. I'm not sure if if the Padres value him highly, 
But I think, you know, it would be cool to see if the Phillies could maybe acquire someone like him at the trade deadline, uh, but with a little bit more command. I think there are some arms under the radar that uh, some people aren't paying attention to that could be added. Uh, I think, you know, I'll keep that as a little foreshadowing to another episode because Dave and I might talk about on a future episode uh, some trade deadline moves that could be made uh, by the Phillies. Uh, but the Phillies would end up winning the game 8-5. to five. That's the Phillies' final. And Dave, 3-4, of four, we're feeling good. Uh, just an overall fantastic game and a ton of fight put up by these Philadelphia Phillies. Nick Nelson had quite the game as well, pitching three and a third innings, uh, not allowing a hit, and had two strikeouts. Schwarber with the bomb, the double, four RBIs on the game. It was just an overall great performance, Dave. Uh, what do you make of a win like this? I'm going to start with Schwarber because he was fantastic, and, and he has been fantastic. Uh, you know, in April and May, a lot of people were worrying about Schwarber, right? You invest, whatever, what was it, $18 million or was it $15 million a year? Do you remember exactly what it was a year? Um, I'm, I'm blanking for some reason. Three years, 50? Was that it? I, I believe it was four years, 50. Or no, was it? <laughs> I think it was three I, I years. I can't remember, I'm pretty David. sure it was I, I can't three remember. years. I, I believe it must have been. I think it was closer to 20. It let might have say. been around 18. Let me, let me see. I'm going to do a quick Google search. I apologize, everybody, because it will get me back on my point here. Dave, uh, I mean, let's you have see. me stumped right now, too. I know it was somewhere between like 15 <laughs> and 20. Okay, it's four years for $79 million. Okay, yeah, that makes so sense. So you were right. I, I don't know where I got three years 54. Okay, so that's about $20 million a year. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, most definitely, right? I mean, Schwarber, we were all worried, uh, some people more than others. I mean, I was concerned, but you know that Schwarber is a veteran hitter. He now has 21 home runs. That is the most in a first half since Dominic Brown hit 21 when he made the All-Star game. So... Uh, Schwarber has been fantastic. I know the batting average isn't where you want it to be, but I mean, the home runs, the RBIs, and the clutch hits. We talked about it a couple podcasts ago. Kyle Schwarber is a winning baseball player. He knows how to win games. He knows how to win games at a high level, win games when they matter. And Schwarber has been fantastic. Uh, you know, everything the Phillies have wanted and more. And if the Phillies want to keep going uh, without Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber is one of the main people that need to keep going. And he's done a fantastic job. So, you know, credit to Schwarber. Uh, I love watching him during this June streak. It's It's been fantastic. Uh, talking about Kyle Gibson, though, really quick. Yeah, he was bad. He was very bad. His command was very, very bad. Uh, he had a couple San Diego Padres hitters, uh, and I don't think it was intentional, obviously, with what happened with Harper. Uh, but one thing I will say is that Kyle Gibson is your fifth starter, okay? And when you look at his earn run average, which let me do a quick, uh, it's probably in the high fours now. But, okay, it's 4.48, so not even the high fours, the mid fours. And you look at where the Phillies have been the past couple of seasons with Matt Moore, Vince Velasquez, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Anderson, Chase Anderson. Those were your fourth and fifth starters for the past six, well, not six years because I know they've changed with Matt Moore, but there have been guys like Vince Velasquez has been your fifth starter for a long time. 
and you look at Matt Moore, Chase Anderson last year, those guys had earn run averages of near six and seven to where every single start, you were lucky if you got four innings of five run baseball. Kyle Gibson has been reliable for the most part, and he's your fifth starter. I can't complain about Kyle Gibson too much. I really can. And for people that are, I think it's ridiculous because Kyle Gibson has been good for what his job is on this team. You didn't trade for Kyle Gibson to be your number three starter. And he's he's done his job, most definitely. So I, I will say it was a bad game, but I thought he did a good job. Nick Nelson, as you said, Dave, was fantastic. Corey Knabel, what, what a job. I mean, and he's seen the, you know, maybe I'm getting a little bit over, you know, uh, hyped up about it. But Corey Knable has done his job the past couple of times. I know he had a tough outing in Washington, but he's he's found something in this new role of kind of the less leverage situation. So credit to him and Rob Thompson. Alvarado was fantastic one in inning, and Andrew Bellotti gets his first career save. As you alluded to earlier, Dave, going one inning, no hits, no walks, and a strikeout. His ERA is down to 3.42. And Bellotti has kind of been a diamond in the rough, too. I know that he struggled uh, about a month ago when the whole team was struggling, let's be honest. But Bellotti has done a pretty good job for the Phils. And overall, this game was uh, one of the best Phillies games they played all year. And it was out Bryce Harper. And it was without Bryce Harper. <laughs> the pitching stepped up uh, behind uh, Kyle Gibson. The bullpen was unhittable for the most part. Uh, and the offense was clicking with Schwarber and Castellanos also had four hits. Nicholas Castellanos with four hits. So if he can get going this next year is against Atlanta, the Phillies are going to get going as well. Castellanos knows that he can be much better. It's just a matter of time, and it was a good start in Game 4. It was a fantastic game, and I think it should get all of our hopes up high for this upcoming week. It's going to be a big week. Big week, Dave. Big, big week. Right, and I would agree. Big, big week indeed uh, going up against the Braves at CBP. Uh, but just to, uh, just to conclude Game 4's recap, uh, Nick Nelson got the win, well-deserved yesterday. He is now 2-1 on the season with a 4.66 ERA. And then Nabel Chrismat uh, receiving his first loss. He is now 4-1 with a 1.98 ERA. And then, like you said, Dave, Andrew Bellotti with his first save. And he's down to a 3.42 ERA. And seems like a really humble guy uh, post-game. Had an interview and really does seem like the uh, the guys are going right now. Um the momentum is good and the vibe's good in the clubhouse. And Dave, we've said that, um, you know, get, getting past the Joe Girardi era, but uh, not putting all the blame on Joe Girardi. It just seems like this team right now is going. It seems like the guys are smiling and they're enjoying themselves riding this high of <clears throat> coming off the road trip feeling pretty good. And um, ju- just to uh, conclude things here, the Phillies now 39 and 35, still third in the NL East, but who knows? Maybe not for long. And the Padres at 45 and 30, they are still second in the NL West. And so that brings us to the first game of the series after today. Braves at the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. And the first game of the series will be tomorrow at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, we are recording this on Monday. So we're obviously talking about Tuesday. But Dave, um, it will be Zach Wheeler, who's 6-4 and four with a 2.77 ERA and 86 punches against Charlie Morton, who's been struggling for the Braves this season at 4-3 and three and a 4.84 ERA with 86 strikeouts. Obviously, Morton is still a threat. He uh, punches out a lot of guys, but I think uh, this is an opportunity for the Phillies to go out there and win this ball game with Wheeler on the mound. Um, what's your take on this and uh, some predictions? 
Well, Wheeler's going to dominate, uh, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, and this is a hot take, hot take. Philadelphia Phillies sweep the Atlanta Braves at CBP. Phillies have played the Braves really well at Citizens Bank Park over the past couple of years. I know it's a hot take, but I think the Phillies sweep the Atlanta Braves. They have the right pitching matchups going for them, and I think it's going to help them uh, in this upcoming series against Atlanta. Uh, in terms, of, And I also think because if they sweep the Braves, uh, they tie for second in the NL East. And who knows what happens with the Mets? So right now, eight games back, you're only a game and a half out of the wild card. So extremely close, uh, you know, knocking on the door. I know it's only June, though, so we'll see what happens. Late June, though, if I must add. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Phillies sweep the Braves. Uh, I know it's hot, hot take. Uh, my predictions for the, the two players that are going to go off, I always do, you know, we always do one for each team. I'll start with the Braves. Uh, my Braves player, now I've thought about this. I have thought about this significantly because if I think they're going to get swept, I don't think anybody's going to have a great series. Uh, but I will say Austin Riley is my pick uh, for the Braves. He's been a little bit cold recently, but he always seems to hit Phillies pitching pretty well. So we'll go with Austin Riley for Atlanta. Uh, and for the Phillies, uh, I'm going to go with Nicholas Castellanos. That's my pick. I think he's going to get hot for the Phillies at the right time. Uh, four hits from San Diego, going to get some confidence. He had a couple bloopers yesterday, but hey, bloopers are still hits, Dave. Bloopers are still hits. So I think Castellanos is a good series. And yeah, I think the Philly sweep, it's a hot take, uh, but I think it's going to be a fun week at CBP. Uh, and I think the Phillies are going to start it off well in this first series after the off day today against the Atlanta Braves. Right, Dave. And you know what? I think those are two excellent picks. Um, Riley having sort of, a, sort, of a, sort of a middling season since the expectations were really high after uh, last season's performance, but I still think he's a good candidate. And then you know, just talking about Castellanos and him getting hot um, against the Padres, I think he's a really excellent pick and could really get hot. I have confidence in that pick as well, Dave. But um, I guess just to be different, I'm going to go with JT Romuto since he had, uh, I believe, two home runs in the series versus the Padres. Hopefully he's on a power surge from what it seems. And then I'm going to be on the safe side and I'm going to play Dansby Swanson since he's been um, absolutely playing wildly, wildly above expectations for the Braves. So uh, we'll see what comes out of this series with the predictions. But Dave, I guess I'll go with you and I'll say series sweep as well. I don't know. There's just some sense of confidence against this these Braves and it would be quite the story for the Phillies to be able to sweep them at CBP. So uh, yeah, our predictions from last series kind of stunk. But we're hoping to redeem ourselves with the picks from this week, Dave. Uh, just to conclude things, anything to add? Well, I had a couple things. Uh, keep on voting for the Phillies to make the All-Star game. You know, Vote for your favorite players. I know that Harper is injured. He most likely will not be back in time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to stop voting uh, for him to make the uh, All-Star game. Uh, he's leading vote getter for DH. Keep on voting him in. Vote in some other Phillies as well. Uh, so make sure to do that. Another thing I will say to Dave is that this is an, uh, I promise you, I do not work for the Phillies. I'm not paid by the Phillies to say any of this, but if you have not already, get tickets, head out to the ballpark this week. The weather's going to be beautiful. It really is. I looked at uh, for, for pretty much the next week for the most part, and today is kind of like the bad weather day, the Monday, so it's good to get the off day out of the way. But the weather looks really nice. Uh, there's three games against the Braves, and then there's four games against the Cardinals. Sorry, not four games. There's three games against the Cardinals. Three games, three games against Atlanta, three games against St. Louis. 
Um, and there's some fireworks too over the weekend, uh, I believe on the first and third. So you can get your tickets. The fireworks show are always fantastic. They do a great job at CBP with the fireworks. Uh, and Dave and I will even be down there, uh, at a game this week as well. So, uh, get your tickets. This team, uh, they really, uh, you hear the guys talking about it. They really seem to get going when, you know, the, the CBP is packed and it's electric. And it's not only fun for the players, it's fun for the fans to be there too when it's really going. So I know, uh, it's getting the summer weather. Uh, so support the team. Of of course, as always, uh, it's going to be a fun week of baseball, fun, fun week of baseball, only a game and a half out of the wild card uh, right now. So the Phillies are, are knocking on the door, getting close to that spot. They're cutting the deficit somewhat in the NL East. Uh, heck, like a month ago, they were like 13 and a half games out. They're now done the eight games out. And that's with the Mets and Braves still playing really good baseball. But the Phillies have kept up with them uh, and have succeeded expectations, at least for the month of June. So go Phillies as always. And uh, hopefully it is a fun week. It looks like it's going to be a fun week, but hopefully the Phillies uh, keep going and, uh, you know, are able to play for for Bryce Harper. And hopefully we get some good news on Bryce Harper, too, this week as well. Right. Yeah, Dave, we just need to remain optimistic about Bryce Harper. But uh, let's let's grab this series. Vote in your favorite Phillies to that all-star game and let's keep things going. Go buy your tickets, go down to CBP, and hopefully we'll see you there. But thank you all so much for uh, listening to this podcast. If you like it, make sure to listen to us on plenty of the podcast platforms out there. We're pretty much on every single one from Google Podcasts to Spotify to any other one out there. And check us out on Twitter at WTT underscore pod or podcast rather. That is WTT underscore podcast on Twitter. But overall, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave.